He, he says this, this Melchizedek then, have we received as a priest of God made upon the model of Christ, but the one we regard as the type, the other, Jesus, as the original. Melchizedek is a type of Christ, uh, founded upon and, and, and dependent upon the original Christ Jesus. Here's the point. Here's the point. This Melchizedek, as mysterious as he is, as sort of enigmatic and all the questions surrounding him, despite all of that, he points you and me to our Savior. He shows us something of our Savior. And as we look at Melchizedek, we can learn something about Jesus. And tonight there's three things that I want you to remember from this sermon, three things that I want you to think about how Melchizedek shows us Jesus. First of all, priest, priest. Melchizedek was a priest. Uh, In the Old Testament, we hear about uh, God instituting and and starting the priesthood. And the priests in the Old Testament, their job was to be go-betweens and intermediaries between God's people and between God. So what they would do, the priests would receive the sacrifices from the people and on their behalf, sacrifice them before God, going between the people and God. Uh, Conversely, the priests would take the word of God and speak it to the people, proclaim God's word and God's will, God's commandments to the people. And that was their job. The priests were to uh, go between, back and forth, back and forth between the people. And we hear Melchizedek is one of these priests. He's a priest standing before God or between God and between the people. But Jesus, Jesus is the great high priest, the greatest high priest, the high priest of heaven and earth, standing between God and you and me, sinners in need of a savior. And Jesus advocates on our behalf, makes us holy, cleanses us so that we can have access to God. This is what scripture says about Jesus in this regard. Uh, This is Hebrews 5. In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death, and he was heard because of his reverence. He became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him, being designated by God, hear this, a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. Jesus is your high priest who cleanses you, who makes you holy and spotless and blameless so that you can stand before your creator. Second, peace. Peace. A peace in the Bible, peace is more than just the absence of war. A peace is more than just a battle ending or war stopping. Peace in the Bible, it's shalom, and it's complete wholeness. Uh, broken things being made right, wrong things being fixed. Shalom. And Melchizedek, we're told he's the king of Shalom. And it's by no mistake that Abram encounters this king of peace right after a battle is done, right after the war has ended, right after peace has come. Melchizedek, king of peace. But Jesus 
greater king of peace, better king of peace. Jesus has the power to bring peace, not just to wars, but peace into our hearts, peace into our souls, a peace into a stormy, raging sea, peace in the midst of death and weeping and crying, peace in heaven, peace on earth, peace before one another, peace before God. That's what Jesus does. This is what Romans says. Therefore, since we've been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we've also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Jesus is our peacemaker. He's the king of shalom, the king of peace for you, for me, for heaven, for earth. And then lastly, praise. Praise. Uh, We see Abram as he encounters Melchizedek. What does he do? He praises him. Uh, He has all these spoils of war, all these things that he's gathered, and he gives a tenth of it to Melchizedek. Because he is this king of righteousness, this king of, of peace. Because he is a priest and he provides this feast and this meal and he gives him a blessing. And for all of that, Abram praises him and he gives him a tenth. But in Jesus, because he's the great high priest, because he's the great king of righteousness, the great king of peace, what do we do? We don't just give him a tenth of our praise. We give him all of it. We don't just give him a little bit, a fraction, but we give to Jesus, our great high priest, everything we have, body and soul, life, the breath in our lungs, the the beating heart in our chest. We orient our life and our possessions, everything we have in praise to him. This is what Philippians says. Therefore God has highly exalted him, bestowed on him the name that is above every name. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Remember that painting I showed you in the beginning? I think we've got it again here. Remember, this is not a pipe. And in a way, I want you to remember that and and, and think about that in relation to Melchizedek and Jesus. Melchizedek is not the incarnate Son of God, Jesus. But he shows us Jesus. He points us to Jesus because he was a king of righteousness, because he brought about peace, because he received praise from Abram, and and, and he shows us the greater, the better, the more excellent king of righteousness, Jesus, prince of peace, king of peace, Jesus, Our priest standing between us and God for all that he's done, Jesus, we give him praise. Not a tenth, not half of our praise, but all of our praise. This is most certainly true. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen.